Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Future Tech Podcast. It's me, Charlie Sell, the board director of Major Group, where I get a chance to speak to, um, share ideas, thoughts, insights from technology leaders, people who are just passionate about STEM and ultimately promoting STEM to young people. As always, the podcast is supported by the STEM Ambassadors Association, shared across their network of schools and colleges alongside our website um, and LinkedIn. So I'm really, really pleased to have Nanesh Mehta with me today. Nanesh is the Director of Engineering at BPP, and BPP is one of the largest um, uh, professional universities in the UK, um, vastly done online with a huge e-commerce or a tech platform that sits behind it, um, which Nanesh is leading a bit of a revolution on. So really, really good to have him on the show and to get his insights. So, uh, Nanesh, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's jump straight in and tell us about your career story and, and how you got into technology. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> I guess I haven't had the typical, I guess, journey into software engineering. Um, out of high school, I went into university, uh, went into an engineering degree. Um, and then specialized in what they call engineering science. Um, engineering science is sort of a mixture of all the engineering degrees. So, you know, you do a bit of electrical, mechanical, mathematical. Um, and then in your later years, you sort of branch out and specialize in a, in a part of engineering science. And um, I went and specialized in something called operations research. Um, which is focused on statistics and computer programming. Um, and it's really around the optimization of resources and process flows, um, uh, which are applicable to a real world challenges such as profit maximization, performance or yield, trying to minimize cost and risk management. So I went through that, did that, got my degree, um, came out of university. Turns out there weren't many very job there weren't many jobs in uh, operations research in, in Auckland at the time. Um, and I was a bit stuck. I didn't really know what to do. Um, and I had a friend of mine, a colleague uh, that was in my class, um, who was running a software engineering company, a really small um, outfit. Um, and he offered to take me in as an apprentice um, and see, you know, to see how I could do. And, you know, within a month, I was writing HTML and JavaScript and CSS. And then, you know, sort of within six months, writing code with uh, .NET the very first versions um, and, you know, leveraging the sort of Microsoft tech stack. Um, <clears throat> and it turned out to be something that I really, really enjoyed and um, ended up being there for about five years, learning everything from how to configure web servers all the way through to, you know, um, writing the code, supporting clients, um, understanding, you know, what the product requirements are and turning that into uh, software uh, that, that we would ship to, ship out to our customers. Um, so I stayed there for five years and then sort of decided to come out here to the UK um, and really, you know, see what it was about, do, do a bit of that, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, sort of, uh, I guess, overseas experience um, that a lot of Kiwis do uh, from New Zealand. Um, and yeah, sort of came to the UK and had quite a successful career. You know, there's a lot more opportunity here in the UK and 
I ended up working, you know, across a, a vast range of industries. So everything from TV to agency to ticketing, real estate um, to e-commerce, uh, through to media and publishing, and then now into education where I am at uh, BPP. Um, so yeah, that was sort of my journey into software engineering and yeah, I started to get a bit more into the management side of things really when I arrived at Easy Roommate, uh, which was a platform that allowed you to find rooms to rent. Uh, and if you had rooms to rent, you know, you could um, advertise your place there and um, people could find yeah, places to stay. Um, so I went into a leadership role there um, to head up a team and learned a hell of a lot. Um, in those years, you know, coming up to where I am now and still continuing to learn. Um, but yeah, I guess in, in a nutshell, that's sort of how I ended up in uh, where I am today. Yeah, fantastic. And and I guess, so would you say UK is now home for you from, from coming all the way over from New Zealand? Yeah, I mean, I've been here for 17 years now. Um, you know, I really enjoy it here. Like I said, you know, there's a lot of opportunity here. Um, I've done very well for myself, you know, had a lot of great experience through the companies that I've worked with, got a really good network of people here as well. Um, and yeah, I'm really loving it here, you know, got family, they brought up the kids go to school here. Um, yeah, yeah, it is sort of what we call home now. <laughs> Fantastic. And what's what's lovely is hearing about how you moved into leadership, you know, because obviously, well, many of our listeners, um, you know, we've known each other for quite some time and we've worked um, with the various, throughout the various businesses, um, have had chances to work together. And and one of the things that has always stood out with you is is your passion for people, like your authentic approach to leadership. And and some may say, you know, the Kiwi sort of laid back type tone can, can help. But what I've seen knowing the teams that you've led is how you you, you put people first and and it, it feels like that's very much one of your your DNA. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, your belief in, in terms of being a leader and, and, and developing people who want to get into STEM. How do you believe is the best way of building high performing teams? Yeah, it's a, that's a great question. I mean, look, <clears throat> I firmly believe that, you know, you can't really have a successful business unless you have really good people around you and, you're working with really good people. You know, people are what drives, um, you know, positive change. Um, and essentially people are what delivers your business value. Um, and so, yeah, look, in terms of my, I guess, you know, something I say on LinkedIn is that, you know, I'm a people first leader. Um, I always put people be first before, you know, the, the work to some extent in terms of, you know, always making sure that, the people in my team are fit and healthy. Um, they're looking after themselves, have a good work-life balance, you know, really making sure that um, we're aware of their mental health and we're managing it and making sure that it's, um, you know, under control. And um, if there are problems that, you know, we deal with them um, as early as possible and we give, you know, I'm very much around supporting people when they need support. Um because ultimately, you know, you want everyone in your team to be um, fit and healthy and happy in, in what they're doing. Um, and so, yeah, I, I take that approach. Um, and I really invest in everyone that comes to work under my leadership, uh, wherever I am. 
Um, you know, I'm very big on, you know, having things like one-to-ones in place, um, making sure that we're talking all the time, um, managing your, you know, your career path and your progress, and actually just understanding what it is that, you know, people in my team want to do. What are they passionate about? What gets them out of bed in the morning? And really trying to set up, um, you know, a, a plan to get them to where they need to be. And then anyone in the leadership role that works under my team also, you know, does very similar uh, things around making sure that, you know, we try and um, do our best to grow absolutely everyone that comes to work uh, under my leadership. So, you know, that could be anything from training through to, you know, just giving them the right tools and the resources that they need in order to, to, to really master their craft. Um, and you know, really get to a point where they're really enjoying what they do. Yeah, and and you know, it's it's so obvious and and, and clear when you speak that that the, there's a that that's totally authentic in and who you are. And and you know, the the day that we're recording this podcast is the day after Mental Health Awareness Day, isn't it? So so it's really out right. that you've talked about mental health being, um, you know, also part of the the duty of care for teams because it's. It's very real, isn't it? And and they, the life has progressed from five, even maybe even less, where where it's not something that we we tend to acknowledge in business. But today, that that care of people above and beyond, you know, just the job is super important. Do you agree? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know, it is. You you know, it's quite a prominent topic now in the workplace, mental health, and you know, a lot of businesses are now got the right um, processes and, and tools in place to help deal with that when, you know, colleagues are, are suffering with, with mental illness. And, and it's really important, right? Because um, if you don't deal with it, you know, it, it's it's not a great thing to be part of. It's, you know, it's, yeah, just, it's terrible, actually, the, the impact that it can have on, on people. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. And what I also loved about what you're talking about, because I, I call it subservient leadership, but it's it's putting that people first. You know, our job as leaders, I feel like we share the same values there, is that, you know, we're there to 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 serve or, or to support the people around us. And if we put them first, you know, that's that's how you get the best out of people, isn't it? Rather than the top-down approach of dictating or or trying to push people down. And there's an expression I've always loved that, Leaders will always hire people better than them. Managers will always hire people worse than them in fear of job preservation and these <laughs> yes. sort of things. Does that resonate with you when you think about the teams and the people that you've employed? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, one of my very first or early on bosses um, told me this a very long time ago when I first went into leadership, actually. You know, he's like, I want you to do your job better than, like, you know, he said, I want you to do my job better than me you know and um and and that's a precedence that he set right from the outset um and that really stuck with me right like just hearing that and knowing what that actually meant um because the way he put it is that well you know if I can get you to that point then I've got more time to then go do my more strategic part of my role that I need to do which is absolutely right um and I'm of the belief that you know when you are hiring people into your team, uh, you know, you're looking for obviously really high quality talent. And look, I know where my my strengths and weaknesses are. And if I can bring someone in to complement 
uh, those. And, you know, that's a win-win, not just for me, but for the business as well and the team, the surrounding team, right? Yeah, and again, I just couldn't agree with you more. And that that complementary skill sets is is so key to also building high performing teams when the teams can actually support each Absolutely. other rather than having all one type of expertise or one type of even personality or culture. That that blended team, diversity of thought as much as anything else, creates new ideas, doesn't it? And 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 progress, I guess, within engineering. Yeah, of course. Look, diversity is really important, right? And, you know, I'm very big on making sure that anytime we interview people, especially at BPP, you know, we take a very unbiased approach to interviewing. Um, and we, you know, we sort of put in processes and in, in place where we can make sure that we're, we're doing the best that we can in that space. And yeah, look, diversity um, brings, uh, well, helps drive culture, you know, brings different ideas. Um, drives creativity um, and you know software engineering is a creative um, it, it's a creative thing to do right like you're writing building designing something um, and diversity helps you, you really drive the creativity I think when you're building products yeah yeah and again I, I just couldn't agree with you more and it's it's nice you, you we, we've moved on to sort of the work at BPP because one of the topics I was keen to talk to you about was transformation. You know, you're what, what I've known about you throughout you know the time that we've known each other is that's something that really gets you out of bed, isn't it? The projects about you know change and transformation and really trying to make something better from when you started it to when you you finished it. So, but talk to me a bit about the transformation journey and and whether that's with BPP or News UK or, or examples of of what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think in my career, I've really come to appreciate, you know, putting the customer first, um, you, you know, and, and really from a product and design lens, really understanding how a customer uses a product and make sure that the customer has the best possible experience for using that product, right? Because when you do create that, you get brand loyalty, you know, you uh, which drives then just repetition of people using your products and services. And then also talking about it and growing that sort of audience size. Um, and yeah, so for me, in terms of what we're doing at BPP and in, in our transformation journey, you know, we're trying to reimagine the student experience. Uh, because if you think about a student these days, I mean, like I remember when I was a student, you know, we never had phones. Not many people had, you know, really laptops. Um but you think about how a student goes to university these days and, you know, a lot of what they do is driven through the apps um, and products that they use that, that, that we provide for students. And um, what we're trying to do is really make the students' lives a much, much easier than they currently are, you know, for them to be able to, you know, get on an app, log in in a day, look at their timetable, maybe message their tutors, you know, look at messages from tutors coming back to them. You know, they can look at um, where the courses have been moved around, you know, what rooms are they in? You know, a lot of that sort of experience that enables a student just to have a better quality of life at university is what we are in the process of doing right now. So, um, you know, BPP has been around for a, a very long time. Um, and, you know, what we're doing is we've looked at the existing business processes and the tools that are in place. And we've identified, you know, a number of um, opportunities where we can really 
improve the customer student experience. Um, and so at BPP, we started by doing a deep dive and talking to a lot of students and tutors to really understand, you know, where are the problems, um, what, what's a low-hanging fruit, um, and then, you know, out of that, understanding that sort of problem space, we created a roadmap. Um, and through that roadmap, you know, we prioritize the things on that roadmap, um, discussed it with the business, and then built teams around to help us deliver that roadmap. Um, and so we're in that journey. And then, you know, on the software engineering side, uh, some of the big decisions that we made were around the technology um, that we wanted to build. Uh, you know, the future tech stack for BPP in. And, you know, when I arrived, we were Ruby on Rails, PHP, some old .NET, we had a plethora of other sort of technologies and tools in the business. And so we've started to look at sunsetting uh, some of that and replacing that with a much more modern tech stack, um, which is sitting around um, sort of TypeScript with React and Next. Um, on the front end and then in the back end, you know, using Node and Python, um, using technologies like GraphQL. Um, we're going all in on AWS, so making sure we leverage as much AWS technology, native technology where we can. So looking at serverless uh, tech um, and then, you know, making sure we do, we, we script absolutely everything. So using um, technology like Terraform to script all of our uh, deployments into AWS um, and our provisioning, and then bringing in tools that BPP has never had before, things like New Relic, so that we can observe and monitor our platforms, um, tools like Ops Genie um, that will run our incident management or automate our incident management process. Um, and yeah, we're, we're just, you know, we're on this journey to, to bring in the right tools and tech to really drive the business forward. And, um, actually, this week, we are about to do our first, very first release out of this team uh, that we've built. So it's quite exciting. Um, the early feedback's been really positive from the students that have uh, played with the beta version of what we're about to release. Um, so really looking forward to that. And it is really, it is, we are moving at 100 miles an hour at the moment. Uh, we've got a lot of work ahead of us, um, but exciting times because, you know, the what we're doing to improve the student and tutor experience is really going to be quite groundbreaking, I think, especially for BPP. Um, and, you know, we're leveraging modern data technology to really move into a data-driven um, decision-making business. Um, and you can't do that if, you know, it takes a long time to get that data in front of you. But now we're massively accelerating in that space. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, look, going on from that, you know, obviously, obviously leveraging um, gen generative AI. Um, we're looking at that right now. And yeah, a few other things that we've got uh, to look at, which is quite exciting as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. And then, you know, as, as you say, even, you know, what's been so fascinating is over the last, you know, post-COVID, the digitalization of pretty much every industry in the world now. But you know, BPP, as you say, uh, an education company where, where when we all at university, exactly as you say, the the how it's moved on. Every industry, if they're not digitalizing, if we're not embracing new tech, we'll get left behind, won't we? And and for a lot of our young people listening and thinking about careers into STEM, it, it feeds really nicely into why, you know, I'm specifically passionate about it, but I know you are as well. That that STEM 
is a great uh, starting point when people are thinking about careers because it really does give these foundations whether it is technology or going into sciences it, it's it's the future is understanding where where life is evolving and so as, as always time flies by and, and we've got to that part of the podcast for, for career advice and so what are the one or two bits of advice you'd give a young person when they're trying to get into a career specifically within technology um that will allow them to sort of maybe stand out or 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 have that early success yeah absolutely look i think first and foremost you really do need to enjoy what you do Right. I, I am firmly of the belief, again, that, you know, if you don't enjoy what you do, you're probably doing the wrong thing. Um, and so, yeah, first and foremost, enjoy what you do. You know, be passionate and have a want to master your craft. And the way that you do that is, you know, especially coming in as an apprentice or a junior um, technologist, ask a lot of questions, you know, be really curious because no question at that point of time in your career is a silly question. You know, ask questions and, and don't be afraid to do that um, because people in your team will always be willing to help um, and upskill you and, get, and give you the, the knowledge that you need to be successful. Um, and then, you know, sort of as you go on, um, you know, start getting involved in meetups and building up your network. Um, there's so much resource out there now, you know, to really help you upskill yourself, you know, and if you're talking about if you're looking into a software engineering sort of career, you got things like YouTube, HackerRank, Code Academy. There's a lot of free resource that you know you can leverage now to really upskill yourself and move yourself at pace. And um, I'd just say take advantage of all of that knowledge around you. You know the people and 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 the resources that we have available to us this day and age. Um, but look, I'll come back to, you know, that what I started with is you must enjoy what you do. You've got to be passionate about it. And that's how I believe you excel at what, uh, in your job. Yeah. And I think that's such a good point because it, it is the fundamental building block, isn't it? You've, you've got to be passionate. You've got to enjoy. And that doesn't mean every day is going to be a great day or every week is going to be a great week. But fundamentally, if you, if, if you don't, believe in what you're doing life is too short I think is, a, is an expression yeah, I also exactly. say um and you'll never be your best self exactly as you've just said you know you've got to find that that passion so well Nanesh thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast it's been really insightful not only to hear your thoughts on leadership but also the transformation projects and the exciting stuff and being able to transform tech stacks and and what you're trying to achieve to put the customer first um and that, that career advice is just, just just priceless. So thank you for being a guest on our Future Tech podcast. Thanks, Charlie. Really appreciate it. It's a real pleasure to be on here. And to our listeners, that's another episode of our Future Tech podcast. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, um, the podcast is supported by the STEM Ambassador Association. It is shared on our website, major group forward slash podcast, and also on LinkedIn and Spotify. So thank you for everyone listening um, or watching the podcast. And this is another episode.